let's talk about it. And welcome back to Thick Radio, the podcast where we talk about gaming and everything in its orbit. I'm James. And I'm Tim. Let's get into this. Today we're joined by two special guests. You should know them and you definitely should love them. Today we are joined by Abe and Mike. Oh, Hello. Hello. <laughs> welcome. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much both for being here. How are you both? Good. Good, man. How Very are you? Good. How are you guys? I'm good. It's a, it's, well. a, it's a warm day in London, which they're, they're few and far between, but it's, it's lovely as a pasty ginger. I am uh, lovingly inside, in the yeah. shade, where I belong. <laughs> yeah. did not construct me for sunlight. really did not. Uh, okay, sunscreen, that's why you have sunscreen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sunscreen. 100. Uh, going on a cruise January next year, and I am truly like, I think I'm actually going to have to be that person who like fake tans a bit before I get there so that <laughs> I don't actually combust. There's <laughs> one minute under that hot Caribbean sun and James is going to go up like a Roman candle. Exactly. I'll know that I'm pre-tanned enough when my beard is monochrome with my skin. Mm, there you go. That's the vibe I want. All right. You've never been on a cruise before, right, James? Or Never. Okay. It, it's, it's hot. It's <laughs> very hot. Oh. <laughs> I grew up in Australia. Like, I'm very well accustomed to, like, not that I enjoy it, but 40 degrees Celsius, 110 degree Fahrenheit days. Like, I I get it. (laughs) I've lived through them. I'm still here to tell the tale. Um, (laughs) But a bitch wants to enjoy her time bobbing around. So, uh, you know, she's going to have to get a little something (laughs) before she Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So I want to I want to thank you both as well for being here today because, uh, as you both know, and for the listeners today, we're really focusing on something very important, uh, which is BLM, and really wanting to talk about the nature of race in the gainer community because it's mm-hmm. a conversation that needs to be had across mm-hmm. all fields, of course. But this is this is our podcast. This is us sitting down and talking about it today. So first things first, I want to ask the pair of you, what have your journeys been like from discovering the gaining community and your participation in it since then? Ooh, what's my journey been like? Um, I was really um, excited at first, I think, because, you know, I, I had the internet as a kid so um i jumped on um found what i could find and i don't know if any of you all remember like fat nats and you know all of them old school ones yeah exactly um so i was like cool um uh community that sort of i can feel like i fit into um but you know to now I never actually felt that I did. <laughs> um, so yeah, I kind of ne- like now. I um, I don't really engage too much in the in the gamer community. Um, 
yeah, either like both sides, to be honest, like the 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 um, side that's that for um, gay dudes, and also this the side that's for like straight women. It's mainly focused around um, women gaining weight, not men. Um, so I guess for that reason, I, I I never really felt like I had a place that fit really for me. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I I still feel quite outside kind of actually started to affect my mental health a little bit because um, there were points where I was just kind of like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, what's wrong with me? Like, why is no one engaging with me in the way that I can see that they're engaging with other people? Um, so I kind of just distanced myself from it and have honestly been, been better for it. So for me, um, do you want me to start from the beginning, beginning or like... Because I, from the beginning is a long story, um, but since I came o- onto the community, I I really discovered it more through grammar um, when I was like eighteen. So we're talking twenty twelve, which wasn't that long ago. Um, well, it was long ago, but it wasn't that long ago. So um, I I wanted to get involved. As I got older, I got more more involved, and so on and so forth. And I did notice especially on grammar again not knocking the site as y'all always say not knocking the site this is a comment on how things are on the site mm-hmm. um uh i saw the way that people were being treated differently on grammar and how some people hold almost like a celebrity status yes. um and how overwhelmingly those people are white yes. um yes. and me entering that space as a brown person in real life and real life spaces I would notice the disparity of people not approaching me or people approaching me for specific reasons or the like fetishizing and all of that stuff. It was, um, that's kind of when I, when I realized, all right, like there's an intersection here that I was not told about <laughs> coming into this um, that I have to be aware of moving forward. Um, and that has taken shape in many different ways. I have stepped back um, in some moments. I've stepped in again in other moments. Um, the, the most healing thing for me has been finding people like me, um, which has been hard, <laughs> especially like during COVID and everything. But um, I've been able to do that through the internet, through traveling, you know, all of that stuff, which is not accessible to everyone. So like, you know, but it's very, very difficult. At least it has been for me to find community um, that I resonate with a little more yeah. be- because of that. It's um, it's funny. The moment you say people on Grummer who are treated kind of celebrity status, the term Grummer celebrity gets thrown around a bit. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny. At one point, not too long ago, someone actually challenged me to think like, name a Grummer celebrity who is not white. And mm-hmm. I just couldn't name one. You know, I, I think as well, when you consider certain people who are able to make money right. off the website and who make money and finance themselves and their own gains and there, some people, they even manage to pay their rent through the yeah. amount of money that they make. You know, I don't know any people of color yeah. who do that. Everyone who does this yeah. is white. Yeah. I think, like you say, when you look at it, it becomes very clear that there is a, a very strong preference system whether it's intentional on Grommer's mm-hmm. part or not, it certainly has at least become that way. Yeah. And 
at the very least is something that each and every one of us needs to be aware of. Uh, Tim, I'm curious to actually ask, because you, you identify as mixed race, don't you, with your heritage? I, I do, yeah. Um, and it's, it's you know, this uh, full disclosure, this conversation is difficult for me to have, not because it's a difficult subject, but just because it's often difficult to articulate what my personal experiences have been like, because I come from two races, right? Like my, my dad's black, my mom's white. Although there's a lot of stuff mixed in with my dad as well. There's some East Asian, there's some South Asian, there is um, some like very small portions like from the Caribbean. So <clears throat> it's really hard for me to like look as racially ambiguous as I do and yet identify as a person of color when people look at me, their immediate thought is not, oh, you're a person of color because I can clearly see it. They usually think I'm just a little bit tan. You know, they think, oh, he maybe he's Italian or he's possibly Greek. Or he could be, you know, he could even be a little bit Middle Eastern. We don't know. Mm. It's never immediately like, and no one in my entire life has ever looked at me and said, do you have a black dad or are you mixed race or what, you know, not, not, that's never happened. So it's really hard for me to like explain what it's like to grow up being taught to identify as a person of color, but never being seen as a person of color. Mm. Mm. Yeah. My understanding is really with, with each one of the three of you, I think each and every one of those perspectives is so important to really have that rounded conversation. Oh, yeah. Subject, you know, because realistically, between the three of you all, there is really every sort of step on that spectrum uh, between being so visibly darker of skin to the point of ambiguity where you, there are probably moments of privilege and being passing and moments of ambiguity and all of that. It's something that I rarely talk about, honestly. And I just had a conversation with my parents a couple months ago because since, you know, the advent of the BLM movement, you know, my mother, I think she's, she wanted to know, like, what was it like for you? Because it's just not something she thought about. You know, she raised three children of mixed race and we're just her beautiful children. She doesn't think about that. She doesn't think about the fact that my dad is black. This is the man that she loves, you know, so it's not something that enters into her. Of course, she can see that he's different, but like love is also blind. And and when I told her like everything that I experienced growing up, she's like, oh my God, I had no idea. I really had no idea. I mean, I think BLM is probably the next big thing to really touch on for today, because obviously cutting on the other side of the pandemonium, the, the panda, the panda express, the, the pandemic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think we're, we're all calling it different things these days. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, really when the pandemic really kind of first hit its swing and we thought Australia is on fire, now we're in a pandemic, surely, surely that's it for the year. No, you know, something else happened. And as a non black person observing it I can see the absolute importance of that needing to have happened as well it's sad of course and horrifying that someone else has to lose their life in order for the media to to start to pick up on things for the straw to break the camel's back for to push people like myself to be more active but that happened George Floyd was murdered and BLM which was already existing I think it was created back in 2013 is that right with the um I think it was Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman. I think that was the, the case. And, yeah. and BLM sort of came forward from that. And obviously it's had its resurgence since then. And, it, and it, as an outsider, it does appear to me that there have been changes, that there have been positive things happening in different communities 
that seem to genuinely signal active change that is better for people of color. But all that to say, I'm an outsider seeing that, that's my interpretation of it. You guys live and operate within that. I want Mm. to ask, what is that like for you? Do you actively see those moments changing? Do you feel that in the zeitgeist that there is a percent? Yes. It feels, it it kind of feels like a, a, a sort of magical time for me that I thought would probably happen at some point, but not in my lifetime sort of thing, where it seems like a people of color are beginning. Like obviously there's still a, there's still a low, whole lot of um, this process to go, but it seems like they're beginning to, um, firstly, they themselves are beginning to understand their worth, but also, um, you know, everyone else is also beginning to understand their worth as well, because this whole time, like, um, I feel like the, what is valuable um, in, uh, you know, um, black culture and like other cultures was always used, but it was just never given uh, credit. Um, uh, So yeah, I, I think for me, it's, it's sort of, uh, at an, a time that I didn't think I would actually live to see because now, you know, especially after Black Panther, I think that was like a huge um, turning point because, you know, there was this massive blockbuster film that was, you know, good, as good as, if not better than, you know, all of the other films of its type around. And it was the main, pe- I'd never seen a, a main character that's Black and a superhero just never happened like not in not um to that level of um uh quality Mm. so yeah and i think because of that people kind of saw um you know people of color oh they are you know oh like they do have value um so yeah I, i i think i've only seen positive things really there has been positive change I am always the person to claim for more. Yeah. Um, there has been there has been positive change. Um, so from where I am here in here on the east coast of the U.S., I've I've seen things um, slowly change in in means of like localities, local cities, all that stuff. Um, but there hasn't been at least here nothing systemic. Mm. And that is kind like in my mind when I think of like a movement, the movement to me that also includes a systemic change. Like mm-hmm. wow. as important as individual interactions are, and they are super super important. The um, until that systemic change starts happening, that like this is going to continue to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have seen improvements from my own viewpoint. Where is that systemic change happening? You know what I mean? Like that's that's kind of like what, what, what I'm looking forward to, and I haven't seen that. Uh, I think it was last week that Joe Biden said that he wouldn't um, touch on preparations at all, and um, and that was a moment that mm. it was like, okay, cool. So everything that's happened over the last year, mm. everything that's happened over the last ten years, over the last let's be honest, over a hundred years. Yeah. Um, where is all that like yeah. the, don't just talk the talk 
and that's how that feels. So like, yeah, individually there has been a lot of changes. I'm really happy. Like more and more people that I, I didn't think would want to get involved were exposed to this and were involved and yeah. are actually like trying to make changes in their own families, their own lives. And that's yeah. super, super important. Um, acknowledging that there also has to be systemic change that has to happen. I, I mean, I, I do agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah. There's still, there's still more to do. Um, but I do also think like it's a process, like it's, it's Absolutely. All baby steps. like, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we are, we, we were not where we are now. Oh, and yeah. then 20, 10, 20 years ago before that things were very different again. So I think we're moving in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah, right. But, but you're right. That there's still, there's still more to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We don't want to also lose sight that taking a moment to celebrate is also revolutionary. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So like we, we have to celebrate the fact that we have moved a lot. We do. From where. Agreed. Yeah. And we also have to make sure that it doesn't stop us from continuing to, to move forward, especially as allies. So. Yeah. In Amer- I've got a question. Um, in America, like because over here, um, I can see there is much more um organization within the black community in terms of like business. Um and just actually just being a community and supporting our own um, instead of, you know, giving money to, I don't know, another company that's, you know, maybe not um, black owned, owned by a person of color. Um, but there seems to be more of that now. Is that is that the case in America too? Or I think so. Yeah, um, I would, yeah, I would say so. From what I know, <laughs> yeah. I think it kind of galvanized the Black community here in the United States to remember what the first civil rights movement had been about mm. and how to go about civil unrest and how to take things down. And it's always attack the money because yeah. we're a venture capitalism society and the only way you're going to affect change is if you go after the money. Yeah. It's the only. It's, the, it's just literally the only way that it has ever yep. <laughs> worked in this country. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> Actually, Mike, I think it might have been you that I had this conversation with during uh, the sort of first um, <clears throat> instances last year with BLM. I, I think it was with you. I had this conversation. There's like a directory for Black business in the mm-hmm. UK. Uh, yeah. I, I think it is just called like the Black Directory. So, um, listeners, we're going to find a link for this actually and provide this on the Instagram. Yeah. Um, because it is it's a directory where i believe it's like you type in like it's kind of broken down into rough categories of like the type of business and then it gives you like names and locations and because of how this stuff works obviously a lot of it i think is london based and maybe looks at certain other uh hot spots like with birmingham and with um manchester but things like this are out there and you know if you something that I try to do. I have a friend here in London who I try to buy artwork from because she's a black artist and she creates artwork. I I love to buy artwork from her because firstly, I love her art, but also she's a black creator. I want to support black Mm -hmm. creators. So if you're looking for something that is going to very genuinely impact the life of people of color and show allyship and make good steps, money is a good way of doing that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Business, buy business, give them your business, give them your dollar because you will only grow their business extend their reach and give them more power to do more wonderful things in this world. Um, It's interesting, this conversation about um, systemic change and needing to see that because 
that kind of brings us to the whole point of this podcast, which is because it's gaining adjacent, the gainer community. I want to ask your opinions. In terms of the gainer community, do you think that, especially in light of BLM, that there is positive change and progress happening within the community in terms of race? Or is it not really happening? Um, I don't see a whole lot of change right. uh, in the gainer community. I think that similarly, there's been a sort of galvanization of the um, cult, like um, people of color, the circles of people of color. Um, but outside of that, I, I don't really see a lot of change. I, I think I, I can see people witnessing what's going on and, you know, having opinions about what's going on, whether right. for or against, but I don't really see that anyone's actions are changing. Right. That's also kind of where I stand to from, from what I've seen, it's more people reacting to what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, those reactions can vary. They may be having conversations in, in, in their own families with their own loved ones, uh, which again is important, but, I wouldn't say I'm seeing like a like a wide systemic change when it comes to the gaming community. Mm. Um, uh, it, in fact, um, right when BLM started and I was back on Grammar, uh, I c- kind of used that moment to erase people mm. that I was following who would start to make horrific comments. Um, oh man, I had so- yeah. not to interrupt you. Sorry, but no, there, there are some really like awful people i remember one guy who was talking to me and was he eventually came out with the reason why he's talking to me is because he wants to like feed africa it's just like what bro oh for the world and then like yeah and then i saw like all of his other posts and he was just like yeah feed africa i want to feed those starving bellies in africa just like oh my goodness erase so yeah yeah no absolutely not that's fucking horrifying yeah i fully just choked on my coke (laughs) sorry that that happened that's insane yeah i mean i was i was very much just like okay well this person is nuts bye-bye but you know it's just a reflection of you know how things are right (laughs) basically yeah. Yeah. Sorry to cut you away. No. No. Th- th- absolutely. It, to 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 add on to that. Um. Yes, the gaming community is widely centered around a fetish ish, but it, it isn't only that, obviously. But like, it's widely centered around that. But we still have to understand that, like, fetishizing people of color isn't support. Mm. And <laughs> right, <laughs> a, a lot of a lot of people especially during all the like, news outlets and everything um, would say like, I can't believe this is happening. I love like chocolate brown, dark, but like, stop, like not, not this, not now. It's yeah. not, not the time for it, not the space for it. Um, because again, fetishizing people of color is not support. And I think that should probably be said. Hmm. No, I think you're completely right. I think that's an important sentence. Fetishizing people of color is not support people. It's not support. It's just... uh, 
for anyone on the podcast who, who was listening and, and thought maybe it was, you have heard it here officially <laughs> from a person of colour. It is officially declared not support. <laughs> take that to the bank and, and, and cash that statement. Make sure you cash it. Okay. Make, sure you, make sure you cash it. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> <clears throat> um okay so unpopular opinion all right um so i think we can we can agree that the majority of people who are into this community are gay men right that's at least the majority mm-hmm. okay uh, like i said unpopular opinion the gay community really has this issue with understanding social progress while demanding it at the same time we are behind the times on on so many things while we are always clambering for things to move forward Mm. I can't tell you how many times I have seen this happen out in bar culture or during pride or where, you know, people are saying, oh, we still have to keep fighting. We're still, you know, this grassroots thing and we're going to damn the man and all that. Oh, but by the way, I still don't want any fats, any femmes or any Asians. Mm. You know, it's like you can't have it both ways, guys. Mm. You have to understand that if you want to be socially progressive, Mm. you have to be able to open your mind to all things and understand the struggles of others. I mean, even if you grew up in a little white bubble, and that's all you've ever seen and all you've ever known. That doesn't have, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. You know, like uh, personally, like uh, I didn't know any trans people at one point in my life. Right. But then mm-hmm. I got to know some people uh, that were trans and like, and they told me their stories and I understood and I'm like, oh my God, you know, I can't believe that I didn't have any trans friends before this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, it's so, it's such a conundrum to me that I know so many gay men who will be like, oh, the struggle will never be over, but I don't date black guys because it's just not a personal preference. Right. Like, yeah. where do you come off with that shit? Like, what the fuck? I, I think that's what they call privilege. Um, yes, I know. And... <laughs> but but it's absolutely true. I mean, it's something as simple as, you know, challenging someone like the amount of, of gay men who will post the, the group photo of like 30 gays all on the party boat. And I'm like, why is everyone white? Mm-hmm. Like, and just to cut you off we're including the gainers or including the bears in that category a lot of y'all yeah. post those pictures with 30 of y'all and you're all white yeah. <laughs> it's like the bears yes i've seen it i've seen it i've been on grandma i've seen it <laughs> like um you could possibly make the argument for trans people like there's not a whole bunch around like okay sure like maybe there's not a whole bunch around but like black people are not exactly a rarity <laughs> like especially because of like colonialism like they're everywhere like they exist in all spaces like y'all are about like you found 30 fags but you couldn't find one like not mm-hmm. even like with a deep tan like you couldn't mm-hmm. even find like not even like a little bit latin you couldn't you couldn't find like anything like yeah. uh, it's it's just to me it's that thing where you can't help but notice, especially when you start to acknowledge it and look. Because I think, like a lot of other white people possibly listening, when you first learned about race as a construct and race as a problem, you probably thought to yourself, much like I did, oh, I guess that's a problem, but maybe not that much of a problem. I'm no. sure I would have noticed. But mm. then as time goes on and you start to see certain things and hear certain things about what goes on, and then you just, it kind of escalates and you go, oh, 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 wow. Oh, my. Oh, God. Oh, God. And you really do see, like, there's just so, so much that goes on. And it's really quite shocking, Mm -hmm. especially when you have to acknowledge that you didn't see it before. Right. So to my fellow white person listening, I would really like to encourage you. um, If you look at your friend circle and you don't see a lot of people of color in that, I would really like to encourage you to 
try and get to know people who were people of, be intentional about getting to know people of color. It doesn't have to be, especially probably please don't make it the whole like, oh, I'm getting to know you because you're black. Like that's a bit gross. <laughs> yeah, that'll just make it worse. Right. <laughs> that's just gross. But you know. Be open, be open. Yeah. Who, who on your local newsfeed is a person of color? They're mm. local to you. Get to know them because they are local to you. Get to know them and their story. And when mm. these instances come up in the newsfeed or in the world, speak to them about it and ask them, how are you doing? Are you okay? Uh, connect with them on that level and show support. I, I think sometimes white people can get very caught up in like, we don't quite know what the right thing is to do. And so people don't do anything. Mm. which I think is worse. I think AB and I have had this conversation where it's like, I will always acknowledge that my goal is to be anti-racist and so therefore attack racism anywhere I see it, which includes within myself to right. challenge myself. Mm-hmm. And we acknowledge that I'm probably still going to fuck up because it's the world. I'm human. Shit happens. We live in systemic racist societies. It is bound to occur time after time. But right. you acknowledge it and then you go, I'm real sorry. This is the right way forward. And then you do that and you do it with the intent of, I want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And also, I would go even, like, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to add, like, I would go even further when it comes to these systemic stuff. Like, we've talked about how systemic racism works. And if you are not a person of color, and so don't do things like, so you're walking down a city block and you see a group of people of color are walking towards you. Don't immediately assume the worst. Don't cross the street. Don't think all of a sudden, oh my God, I need to like, get all nervous and hunched up. Like don't talk about certain areas of town that you don't want to go to because it's a certain type of neighborhood and oh, don't go there, you'll get shot. Or Mm -hmm. just don't do shit like that. Mm -hmm. Just accept the fact that, you know, it's, I don't, I'm trying to think of how else to articulate this, but like, just don't assume things immediately, you know? Well, I actually heard a um, interesting quote, which actually rung true to me because what I was, I was going to say, Black people also have these these realizations too, because um, there were things that I was, you know, doing and thoughts that I had about black people that, you know, was just a, it's just what I had been taught and it wasn't true and it wasn't positive, um, but it's just what I, I had been taught. Um, and I had to have also the realization that, um, oh, wait a minute, some of these, um, things that I'm thinking are actually, no, like I said, they're not true and they're also just not helpful. So what am I going to actually do about that? So, you know, it, yes, white people, yeah, but it's, it's also not just white people. Um, and it really, once you have that realization, it really goes towards, um, as a person of color, boosting how you view yourself and how you view other black people. Now, the quote that I um, heard that I kind of resonated me and I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Um, It's something along the lines of um, the first thought you have um, about something is what you were taught. The second thought um, is you, you can choose the second thought. The first thought is because I am guilty of seeing a group of black hooded people, men walking down the street and being like, oh shit, what are they? And that's my first thought, not, you know, not like all the time, but that's what I've been taught my first thought should be from TV, from, you know, you know, everywhere, from everywhere. Um, But my second thought is very different to that. 
um, and you can choose your second thought. And the thing is, for, for this is how things make progress because you know you teach your children, your um, nephews, nieces, whatever. You teach the next generation your second thought, not the first. You teach them second thought, so they their first thought is not the same as yours. That's yes. incredible. I love that. That's so good. <laughs> That's great. Sorry, Abe, you, you were... no, 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 that wasn't gonna. He summed everything up perfectly. Podcast <laughs> <laughs> on. That's it, guys. <laughs> no, but that was such a such a gorgeous thought and so well articulated, Mike. Thank you, thank you for that. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there you go. Your first thought is what you were taught. Your second thought is you teach your second thought. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I want I want to pose a question to you guys. So during all of this last year. Y'all obviously have seen like the login screen for Gromma. There's like a series of menses of different mm-hmm. races, sizes, proclivities that they that they had to sort of illustrate like, oh, we're a diverse community. Join us, blah, blah, blah. One of those characters was a police officer. Mm-hmm. And during last year, that character was removed. In fact, mm-hmm. I, I actually wrote it up here. So the screen art was uh, edited the number of persons was reduced by almost half and almost every character that was removed was painted Caucasian, but it also included one police officer and that's what was removed. Mm. This apparently wasn't done with the artist's permission, but I'm curious to know because at the time there was a lot of conversation about, is this the right move to make? Is it virtue signaling? A lot of back and forth from different parties. And I don't know if people reached a resolution on this. I'd be curious to know what, do you guys make of it? I think it's nice. Yeah. That's about it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's cool. It's respectful. It's nice that they were able to, to honestly remove the cop. It's a whole other conversation, but like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. I think that more can be done for the community itself rather than just a change of a picture. Mm. Um not saying that change wasn't important or wasn't you know necessary more can be done and i think if we stop at just the picture that's the issue yeah no yeah. i'm gonna make an assumption here and i could be completely wrong so if someone knows better please point it out to me but um i believe that all of the men who actually own the entire grokio community are all white correct I don't know. Correct. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, sure that at least most of them, if not all. And I think <laughs> that the, what the, and again, this is probably not a good assumption to make, but I feel like what happened during, you know, all the protests and everything and, you know, seeing all this police brutality, they may have gotten nervous and they may have thought, you know, we need to change this. And we need to change it in a hurry because we don't want to project the wrong idea that we don't want them to think that we are not inclusive. So we got to work fast. Mm-hmm. and so you know and i don't know maybe maybe they purchased that art that artwork from the artist and it's like now it's our property right you know, i don't know how that works once you purchase like artwork or how they worked out their business with that artist but like if it's theirs and they own a, like a copyright to the image they have the right to remove anything from it that they want yeah and you know in the advent of everything that was going on i don't blame them for wanting to remove the cop i mean yeah. that was a real big trigger so it was a trigger before and yeah. like 
this is just the acknowledging of that being a trigger. Like I, I remember the first time going on that website in like 2012 and seeing the copying, like, I don't know if I, if I should join just cause like I'm seeing the fact that, all right, is this, does this website openly support the police? And as good as that sounds to do in this context, in my context of my lived experience, mm. that's not something that makes me feel safe. <laughs> so it's like, it's the acknowledging of that trigger. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Sorry, Mike, did you have anything you wanted to add there? Not really. I mean, I guess I think just, um, I think the re probably, I'm obviously speculating here, I have no idea, but I assumed the reason um, why they put the policeman up there was just to show that, you know, people of all walks of life can, you know, be right. gainers. Da, 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 da. That, that's how I took it first. Um, and I actually, until you said, I didn't know they had taken it off. And until you said um, uh, that, James, I never even thought about it. And it never even crossed my mind, but um, I can definitely see it being a problem for um, some people. And I think it's probably, especially now, um, probably for the best that they took it down. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if, um, so the re I wonder if the reason why they included the cop in the first place was as a sort of homage to Warren Davis, because remember mm -hmm. Warren Davis has an entire yeah. um, panel of yeah. comics about yeah. the joining the force story. That's right. Yeah. And there, that is sometimes a common fantasy among gainers is this idea of getting to fatten up a cop because what are the stereotypes about cops? They love donuts. So, I mean, I don't know if they originally included it because they're trying to show all these different professions and walks of life, yeah. or if they were just doing a very shallow homage <laughs> to Warren Davis. Right. <laughs> and I'm yeah. also curious, what do you guys think then of something like Joining the Force, which is, you know, all of Davis's artwork is iconic. Mm. Like, is that triggering? I've never been, like, if I see artwork or if I see a story that that involves the police, I just stay away from it. It's you know i i understand that for some people it is a fantasy um not for me though i just <laughs> you know i just it's not necessarily a thing that i want to be, to be involved in so i just like i know that warren davis has that whole story the whole panel um there are other ways to op to make an homage to warren davis gotcha. you know i completely get that um i do I, 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 wanted, I want to shift gears a little bit and actually ask you guys, uh, because we can't name any uh, Black Grom celebrities, who are some of your favorite Black and POC gainers? Like, who inspires you? Who do you love? Who do you think puts out great vibes? Like, who are some Black and POC people that we need to be following and really lifting up? There's only that I, there's only one I can think of, but again, like I said, I sort of detached from Grandma and all that sort of stuff. But there was one guy who was awesome because he was just the nicest guy. He was huge, um, uh, black guy, tall, um, but he was just the nicest guy. He was so nice to everyone. He gave everyone um, time, um, and I can't remember his name. <laughs> I could probably like find it if i went into my grammar account but i'm pretty sure it was like i think his actual name was willie or something like that um yes are you are you it looks I've, like I've, you're I've remembering like, maybe i do you know i'm gonna quickly go to my instagram because i think 
What's happened, Willie? Does if if you show me his face, I think I'll recognize him. Hang on. Do 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 do. Yes, that's him. So, listeners, the person we're referring to on Instagram uh, is November thirteen, and that's Burr, like B U double R. And I, I've spoken to Willie a little bit. He's a gorgeous person who has such a, a gentle heart, gentle spirit, yeah. love and kindness. Uh, he puts himself up with a little top hat sometimes. I, I've never quite worked out if it's like a Dr. Fazilier cosplay he's doing, but he looks great. And he's just so nice. Mm-hmm. He, he really, it, it's funny, you were saying that. He's actually the person that came to mind. I was like, I wonder if we're talking about, if yeah. you're talking about the same person that came to mind. So uh, November... 13 there you go that's one for people to go and follow mm-hmm. yeah. hey, anyone come to mind for you yeah um do, do they have to be gainer specific or can they just be like big boys in general do you know what i think big boys in general because you know okay. I, I think of like lolo vons on- i was gonna say lolo, <laughs> <laughs> lolo is so, he's so beautiful too you know he is he is thick stunning he also has a podcast which i'm going to promote here big boy brunch big boy brunch you know, it's such a great listen, very similar vibes. I think just, it's a bunch of friends just talking, shooting the shit and talking about whatever. Obviously theirs has a very specific like black focus, but it's great. It's, it's, it's a real joy as yeah. well. Too. And I think um, to sort of say that for a moment, black joy is something that's so incredible. <laughs> like the way people can uh, come together and have such passion and such happiness is is quite beautiful to observe at, even as an outsider so uh lolo bonds that's that's going to be my shout sorry to take, take that no no you. absolutely not uh, <laughs> who, else who else you got uh slabs of abs yeah, slabs the dot yes. of abs i love him he's fantastic his content is incredible um i've met him in person a few times at rock bar here in new york city and he, he's great um for piggish i think is his username on instagram this this other person um he's he's gone by several names in the past but that's his current one um he also m- makes content that i really enjoy he's a cool guy a very nice dude um I know other content creators. I'm just gonna get, get, I just have to look through my list. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's like a few. Wait, did we say they don't have to be gainers? I can't remember. Yeah, they have to be gainers. I think we, we, we said like gainers, but no, do you know what? If they are just big, beautiful, brown or black boys who we need to be lifting up, like give us a name. Who Who is it? Who do we need to follow? Well, to be honest, like, so after I had a chat with you and you like convinced me to like speak on this sort of stuff, um, I made uh, the Instagram point, Big Boy Bravery, um, because I kind of wanted, um, I saw that um, basically, you know, in the media, big guys, um, there's nothing uh, that lifts them up at all. Um, So on that, and even on my personal Instagram as well, I kind of try and uh, follow, you know, big guys that are, you know, comfortable with their weight. It doesn't mean it it doesn't... um, matter if they're you know trying to be healthy um just as long as they're comfortable with their weight and they're also like doing stuff and they're in the public eye just so just as to be honest like more than anything else for me just as like a personal list of um people who are you know big and doing it so Yeah. yeah i um there are a few on there i know there's um what is that? He's an actor. Um, I don't know if I can remember his name because my memory's the worst. Um, the, but... the Taylor Swift movie or the Taylor Swift music video? Who? Dexter Mayfield. 
No, it's not Dexter Mayfield. But who's Dexter Mayfield? No, I don't know. Dexter Mayfield is is yes. Like oh when okay. I you, when I tell you that you should be a model, like I see you and Dexter Mayfield side by side, like you you both with lines would take up the entire runway, and I need to see big boys stomping <laughs> it down. That would be everything. Dexter, okay. Look up the name Dexter Mayfield. He's gorgeous. Oh my god. I'll, I'll definitely look up Dexter. Who Mayfield? Dexter Mayfield. That's the name. Okay. Okay. Cool. I'm gonna jot that down. And also, the guy I was talking about was. He was, he played Beverly Laughlin. I'm literally just trying to find out. I hear Craig Robinson. He's a, he's um, a comedy actor. Um, big guy. Has anyone seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Oh, <laughs> right. He's the guy that's always got the, the, the yes, little, yes, exactly. yes. yes. He's awesome. I, I love him. He's, he's funny. He does like um, uh, the sort of comedy that I, I like. Um, and he's big, fat, and black, and he seems to be very happy with that. So he plays yeah. a kind of like bandits. That was the character. Yes, yes. Uh, what was he? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Pontiac Bandit. The Pontiac Bandit. That's the yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, also shouting out. Uh, I think is it Twinkterhog? Yes. 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 Now. Now this is the boy. Now I'm going to say that he's he's not big. He's an encourager and potential gainer because we've actually had him on the podcast previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's so gorgeous. He's just such a such a handsome young man who I just would would love to take him home if I could. <laughs> <laughs> when are we all? Oh my goodness! Sorry, Tim. Who 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 have you got on your list? Who are some? I'm furiously on? scrolling through my Twitter trying to find the pro the name of this particular guy, but one of them that springs to mind immediately and i'm sure you guys have seen him he is a male model and uh, i believe he's latinx and he's just he's big he's very uh you know he's, he's got a big belly he's got a big chest uh he's modeling for like some of the biggest fashion houses right now i for the life of me cannot find out what his profile name is because he doesn't post that frequently hmm. so is he brazilian is he, brazilian? he might be brazilian i don't actually know what his I what his actual like national out. origin is yeah, but um, he's just a gorgeous man. I mean, the most beautiful face, and he's got this big, soft, round body, and all these curves. Mm. And like, he's modeling for Versace and and Dior, and you yeah, know, all wow. these major fashion houses, Ooh, which is on. just fucking amazing. I think you're thinking of the Instagram cuddly boy. No, but him too. Him too. I don't. I I know he's also modeling. I I don't know like which houses he's modeled for. I just remember seeing. The other guy I was talking about, but okay. Cuddly Boy definitely. Oh my god, he is gorgeous <laughs> than ever. Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> we've just devolved into just a little like drool fest. <laughs> oh my god, he is so attractive. <laughs> that is. And then there's one that actually lives close to me. Uh, his name is Chris Jun. Um, I don't know if I should spell out the name in case people are looking for him, but sure, yeah. uh, he lives in, in Ohio. And he's absolutely delicious. There's a guy I follow who, and I cannot remember his username for the life of me, but he actually, um, he's a wheelchair user and he's missing a leg. He's big. And I'm just, why can't I? Uh. It helps having a disability because it means you can't walk so much. <laughs> yeah, well, listen. <laughs> As a disabled guy, I can testify. Oh my goodness. 
you know what? Maybe that's going to be your uh, your episode that you you come on in the future for us. You know, speaking about gaining with a disability because maybe you, you make it work, bitch. You have a fabulous cane. <laughs> Thank you. I don't have it on me, or I'd like show, but yeah. Oh. It's basically like it's got a gold like bird's head on the top, which is cool because I feel like if anyone tries anything, I've got a metal beak right here. Pow. <laughs> get him get him where it hurts yeah um, real quick yes. r- real quick i want to shout out two more people yes uh first of all there's Superboy 2814 uh he is local to my area I- i've seen him around he's a nice guy um and then also cinnamon bun ethan yes oh yes yes i feel like i know who that is you, you, you know who that is. Yeah, he, he and I met when I was over in London two years ago um, alongside James and great guy. And he was skinny at the time? He was very skinny. I didn't, listen, listen, this is truly not to sound bad. I did not really remember him because he was, he was also only there for like the first couple of bits. Yeah, yeah. And, went home. and this guy, this fucking fat, beautiful brown man messaged me on insta talking to me like he knew me and i'm thinking there is something about you that's familiar but i can't remember he's like do you remember i met you that night with abe and i was like what <laughs> because it wasn't that fucking long ago and yeah he's so big in that time <laughs> holy shit uh so yeah mm. it's been bear buns go, go follow him too beautiful uh whew. I've, I've followed like five people today and they are also gorgeous. Oh my goodness. Listeners, <laughs> pause this episode and go follow everyone. And if you mm. are a person of color and we have not shouted you out today, please get in touch with us because we are always looking to shout out, promote, talk up, rate, review, and give love to all of you beautiful people out there who need a little bit of extra time and devotion. So please mm. let's let, let us do that for you. Uh, get in touch. <clears throat> but <laughs> to, to refocus because we did disappear down a sort of love there. Definitely took a, <laughs> a little sure there. Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> I am curious because obviously there's different cultural ideas that come with obesity depending on the person, the family, the national identity. What is it like for you as a person of color becoming fat? Like what is the sort of cultural commentary on being a fat? black or brown person black people can be very blunt <laughs> um so um there was a lot of family gatherings and a lot of wow you got fat just like okay cool which you know <laughs> they you know that's a compliment but also you know it's sort of coming with judgment yeah. as well so it's not so nice um yeah just um quite a lot of of that culturally um it'd be cool like i i don't know much about um middle eastern cultures but in my head i feel like it's way more accepted there to like be bigger um yeah it's just you know i don't know it's okay i guess (laughs) For me, in um, in so in a lot of Latin America, uh, it's very casual to like nickname people, right? And a very common nickname would be like 
cordito, cordita, which literally means like little fat person or like little fat man, little fat woman. That's literally what that means. It's very, very common. It's not really insulting anywhere in Latin America. Um, uh, like my, my grandma used to call my my father that all the time. Like ever since I was a little kid. So like, it's not really a huge deal unless it's coming like it's directed to you from like a family member and you when they're like oh you know you've gained some weight like you know there's some judgment behind that Mm. so so like that's still there and then there's like the health conversations that all always happen too um Mm. at the same time we have like culturally it's kind of like an experience to have your family just kind of like give you food and you have to finish it. <laughs> like you have to continuously eat. Um, so it's this thing of like, you're essentially feeding me, <laughs> but you're also telling me to not gain weight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, my family and uh, not, they're actually very, I'm the only fat one in my family, aside from my auntie who lives in America. Um, the whole of my, all of the, both sides, all slim. So food's not really, but all very good cooks, actually. Everyone, everyone can cook real well, but no one really goes in on eating. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've spent most of my life skinny. So, yeah, it, it, was, it was very much a decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. I feel that. Mm. what about what about you because I imagine that there might be that kind of conflict between like because I think you said before like your mother is Polish by ethnicity yes so like I imagine there might be a bit of difference between like how your mother might try to raise a child around food versus how your dad might raise a child around food I mean I think that they were pretty equal on that idea of like in fact um me and my two sisters all growing up we were just finicky eaters and they actually had to like make us eat because you know like most kids sitting down to a meal is not something that they want to be doing because there's other stuff they want to do um and then you know it's I grew up skinny both my sisters grew up skinny but then there comes a certain point towards the late 20s beginning of the 30s where we get the family spread because we get my dad's genetics and we all start to spread out a bit. And because I basically look exactly like my father um, and he's put on a lot of weight over the years, it's like no one really says anything because there's such a strong familial resemblance that everyone just expects that, oh, he's just like his dad and he's gonna end up just like his dad. And my mom doesn't care because she's married to you know my dad and she's she accepts him the way that he looks so why should she not accept that her son looks exactly like him <laughs> she very rarely ever brings it up in fact I, it, just a, a couple of weeks ago was the first time she ever said anything and it was at my sister's wedding actually this was part of the story that i forgot to tell you james that um you know i'm dressed up for the wedding and i'm just in like a polo and a pair of khakis and like the polo is like a thin material and it's not hiding anything, even though right. I bought it in the right size, you can see the swell of my belly quite prominently. Mm-hmm. And she goes, you put not a little weight there. And I'm like, well, and I point at my, my father and I go, well, I'm just like him. And my dad who's swinging down a beer goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I, everyone in my family is like a hundred pounds even honestly. Like, I, I think, Mike, you and I have known each other for a few years. I've, I've shared with you the stories of my disdain about my family. Like, 
the the next fattest person in my family was my sister when she was pregnant and she was maybe only 120 pounds and the obesity comments that people gave her they were like fuck's sake ricky put down the fucking cheeseburgers it was always like oh my god super duper intense like and i've told the the cheesecake story before about how it was in the trash because of my mom and just uh, yeah (laughs) it was just to surmise for anyone who hasn't heard it I bought a cheesecake. I was going to treat myself and eat the whole fucking thing. So I thought I'm going to eat this on cam and I'm going to feel like a real pig. Right. Rah. Went to work, came home, wasn't there. Thought my stoner boyfriend had eaten it and that he was lying to me. But then I ended up making myself another sandwich. And then when I went to go put the scraps in the bin, there was the cheesecake at the bottom of the bin, like crushed up and destroyed. And I round on him like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you do that? And he paused and he was like, did you know your mother was going to come over today? And I was like, no. Because apparently she had come over and said some story about how she and I were going to hang out, but whatever. And then I just thought, okay, I'm going to call her and figure this out. I hadn't even asked her, like, how was your time hanging out with Ben when there was like a diatribe on the phone about my weight? I was maybe only 150 pounds at this point. Wow. Like there was a lot of fat shame and fat negativity in my family. And I've made the joke before that my mother can't cook. And I always thought the food that she gave us as children was her way of trying to reduce the number of children she had. <laughs> oh, I love her, but she's a shit fucking cook. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of trauma there to overcome. But um, I, I don't know. I just, I just find it so fascinating how it doesn't really seem to be a matter of race necessarily, but like there always seems to be some kind of thing from the family about weight and mm-hmm. about size and about food and how in your case Abe like sometimes they can just contradict like stop eating you fat fuck but also please here have this entire roast meal have everything and eat it right now and if you throw away a single scrap you're dead to me like yeah that's that's amazing I I love the conflict that's a lie I don't love the conflict (laughs) (laughs) but you know I am curious to know As gainers, we all have like preferences on how we kind of wish our body grew. Some people are like, oh, I wish I had bigger titties. I wish I was like broader in the shoulders, whatever. Like there is something to be said that genetically, like our bodies are predisposed to gain a certain weight. Some of us gain typically more masculinely, some gain more femininely. But I also think that there is something to be said that racially speaking, Mm. our bodies might put fat in different areas. It might help us grow bigger in certain areas so yeah that's that's true and i'm very upset about it just right <laughs> well because i'm curious right because i can sort of look at most any gainer who obviously looks like me and think oh well our belly is a similar shade i will probably wind up with a body like that i can probably assume i'll look like that mm-hmm. but for you guys you probably don't have that expectation or even if you start off the same shape when you're smaller, by the time you get to that size, your body shape might be very different because of genetically how your body is going to cause you to grow. I'm curious to know what that experience is like. It's really interesting because I um, realized realized, um, that my, how I thought I was going to get fat and how I thought like sort of everyone probably would get fat is like how, white people, people get that yeah mm. um how i did further realize that i liked um like bigger legs sort of bigger bottom half and it's a very latinx trait 
so yeah there's there seems to be a lot of of um this sort of body shape that I would assumed I was going to have and that I like to see um very very much that not what I am myself and to get at what I think you're going to get at is probably that is the result of then I mean not seeing really seeing any fat black people anywhere um so yeah and it's still very much built in now like I I have I have a big belly like my legs are not skinny but they're they're not like um I don't know they're not I I, I think they're not in proportion but you know um I've got big belly and big arms as well um and that's like the arms are cool but I really wanted more of a even spread <laughs> but it is what it is like the the point is I I kind of I've got what I've got and I I sort of need to now do the work to just love what I do have because when I catch myself, you know, when I'm not in that sort of like judgy headspace, I'm like, oh, fit. <laughs> um, and, you know, when I see other people around with my sort of body shape, like I don't judge them in the same way that I judge myself. Um, but again, like I think the ideal was, you know, a body type that I saw, not my own actual body type. Which right. I might see. Mm. Almost the exact same story. I. I, I always thought that it would look like I've seen all the pictures and the videos of people, um, but almost all those people had, 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 had been white. So I didn't really know how I was going to um, gain weight, even though like my dad, for example, is heavier. Like I have an example in my family of how I would maybe gain weight, but our bodies are very different just because I have very broad shoulders. Um, and I have a lot of chest, but but I don't have, I don't have like the round belly that I wish I would have. Right. So so like that was always a source of like mm, I I want this, but like how do I get at it? And I would like look up online how to do it, and it's like mostly it's how your genetics are, and like you can't really change it. And it's like okay, well whatever. So um, over the past like four or so years, it's been a process of learning to accept same thing Mike said just who I am and what I have and loving and working with what I have mm -hmm. um so hence why you see my like gym pictures all the time because I'm like yeah. I may not have the gut I have the shoulders I'm yeah. gonna work on that so yeah there you go yeah I love that and yeah, I, I honestly think that's such an important lesson that everyone needs to learn especially in gainer culture we we look up to certain gainers and we think oh I love that aspect but our bodies will just grow differently and for the most part you know outside of gym work you're probably not going to be able to do much to change that so yeah. there's something to be said about learning to just love your body the way that it is because it is a natural reflection of you just of your own accord um if you could see and sit down with your younger self, the self that first knew that they wanted to grow and gain and everything, yeah. genuinely, what would you say to that person? Oh, I mean, there's a lot, there's so much um, of, of other stuff that I would say, but I guess with regards to like gaining weight, I'd probably just say, I'd probably just say, You're, it's going to happen. So it's going to be fine. You don't need to be sad about it. It's going to be okay. Um, and just maybe try and give them some a, a broader picture of what it's like to be bigger and and yeah. so 
so he he grows up and feels confident in how he does get bigger I would start off with um, saying to get all your travel in in 2019 because 2020 is going to suck. But <laughs> after that, I think a large part of it is the same thing that Mike said, like giving an image of what it would look like to be a bit bigger person and also to not be afraid of it. Because when I was younger, I feel like I was afraid of it. Um, so I couldn't accept it. But now it's like, so if I had that earlier, that would have made my life so much more enjoyable, yeah. you know? I love that. If I could talk to my younger self, I'd tell him, I know you've only got 30 bucks pocket money, but invest it in bottled water. You will, you'll be rich. You will have a lot of money. And when the world shuts down in 2020, you will, you will not face the struggles that you you, you, you may have otherwise done. Uh. If, I could, if I could talk to my younger self, I'd be like, okay, first of all, uh, Y2K was a hoax. So don't go tell everybody else. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Two, let's be honest here, kid. You like fat guys. Mm-hmm. You've always liked fat guys. Mm-hmm. You always will like fat guys. Perhaps someday you'll be a fat guy yourself. But more importantly, stop chasing after these skinny assholes that don't care about you. Yeah. Stop giving your time to these people. <laughs> stop <laughs> fucking them just because they expect you to. Yeah. Just be who you are. Yes. And the chubby boy that you've been sleeping with on the down low, that's the one you should have made your point mm-hmm. Yes. No more of this DL bullshit. As fat people, we deserve to be seen with people. Whether you are fat or thin is regardless, but don't be ashamed of us because we are nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. Fuck that fat phobia. Mm. Um, I want to pose another question to you both. Uh, you're both gainers with different disabilities uh mike you use a cane and abe you've had some experience uh with a stutter i'm curious to know if those lived experiences have affected or influenced the way that you gain or the way that you interact with other gainers Mm. uh you go abe (laughs) so personally um my stutters kind of always held me back when i was younger Right. And then I turned 18 and I was like, fuck it. <laughs> so, so now it's not really as much of an issue. Like I, I will talk your ear off without any problem. Like I will not stop talking. <laughs> if, if you don't stop me, I will not stop talking. Um, however, it is kind of a thing where like, if, if people hear me and they hear my stammer first and not what I'm saying, um, I do get the responses and the looks and like the hurry ups, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm saying it, just give me a moment. It's not that bad. Like you can take a, an extra second of your life to listen to, let me finish my sentence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Um, other than that, it hasn't affected me a lot necessarily um mostly because i don't let it affect me anymore um it's it's just part of me at this point that i've ex- accepted is like just who i am and how i speak and if you're like you go to hell like <laughs> like you know what i mean like it's, it's essentially where i am yeah. yeah that's a good that's good um because i think um with something like that um it's very easy to feel like oh well I'm different and everyone's judging me yeah um, and sort of spiral into whatever so it's good that you have that perspective I reckon there are moments where we're like that that thought crawls into my head and as soon as it happens I'm like nope not true 
Yeah. Not true. <laughs> That's good because it's not. That's yeah, good. exactly. I guess for me, maybe. Okay, so the thing is, it, it, it's made a huge um, impact um, because, so I had um, scoliosis, um, but it was really, really bad. Let me see if I can get a picture up. Um, and so because my body was like different to begin with, I kind of almost didn't want to go. I, I was sort of like, when I fixed my back, which the doctors told me was never going to happen, um, when I fix my back, then I'll gain because I don't want to gain and look ridiculous. So um, scoliosis is, is like a curvature of the spine. Um, and I don't, can you see that? No, I don't think oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So my spine went like that before. Um, so yeah, like all of my organs were kind of being crushed. Obviously, gaining weight is probably a terrible idea. Um, and yeah, so my torso was like maybe, well, not maybe, it was five inches shorter than it is now, just in the torso. So um, I had an operation maybe like six years ago now, but before that I was five foot two. Now, uh, sorry, five foot three, now I'm five foot eight. Um, so very disproportionate looking body. I hit it well. Um, but yeah, I had a disproportionate, very disproportionate. And so for that reason, I did start gaining weight because it got to a point where it's just like, I really like this is in me. Like it's not going away, like it's in me. So I did kind of, it got to a point where I was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to start. Um, and then I did. Um, and then they, uh, I, I, my cousin actually told me, oh, they've, they've made like big developments in, you know, uh, the um, uh, the medical industry with regards to your condition. So um, check check out. And then I did. Um, and then it turned out they could do an operation. And now my spine looks like this one on this one here. Yay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I had three operations on my spine. They screwed some um, uh, metal rods in me and they fused like my... Um, uh, vertebrae together um so like i said now i'm taller um and obviously now my body's much more in proportion um which i feel so although because there have been it did not go well it didn't go well there were many complications um my they cut a nerve to my leg and now i can't um there's no balance in that leg uh, i can't feel exertion or temperature or pain um so because of the not feeling pain thing i've managed to fuck up my foot in other ways because i just didn't know i was fucking it up because not, you know there was no pain telling me that something was wrong um so yeah i kind of i guess the, the biggest way it's affected me is that i waited for a long time uh to do anything um because i just thought i wasn't good enough as I was to be bigger. And to be honest, I don't know if I'm completely over that. Like, I'm, I I feel definitely much, you know, better about it um, in terms of mental health and stuff like that. But if you were to ask me, um, would it matter if, you know, your torso was five foot three, but, you know, you were completely, you know, healthy or whatever and could be as fat as you want? Yeah, it would fucking bother me. I, like, 
because I'd still feel not in proportion and I still do have like hang-ups about my image a lot so mm. yeah no bless you mm. I, I do want to ask as well, um, just before we get into the listener questions, you know, what have been your experiences with things like facial hair, body hair and hairstyles? Because obviously, uh, you know, for those who can't see, Mike rocks some beautiful dreads, nice mm-hmm. long locks, you know, uh, my understanding is that, you know, typically black hair and black hairstyles, you know, the, the experience problems in the wider Western world. Mm. Do you guys feel comfortable speaking to that? Yeah, I mean, I um, used to have like shaved, oh, I'll find a picture of myself here somewhere, um, where I had, uh, yeah, it was it was like shaved a lot of the time because I basically was just, I believed that conforming was the correct thing to do. So I just did. And right. then I was like, I don't want to conform. Like, I don't want to conform to what people think I should look like i want to do what i want i like long hair so guess what the fuck i'm gonna do gonna grow it grow that bitch out yeah and i cut you know i got tattoos and you know i did stuff that i wanted to do instead of you know all of that stuff but you know put on weight all of it so yeah look this is me oh wow oh wow different right <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I would not be able to recognize that, you oh my god that is a transformation that's that not even your brother that is your cousin that's who that is like that's yeah. how that's how wide that difference is yeah it's mad baby that's everything yeah well, yeah hey what about you um i mine is more with my confidence i've always wanted to have a beard um Obviously, I have one, but uh, it took a while to get here. I've always, it's always been very like patchy and very wiry. I always saw other people with like beards that be more thick, more like close and stuff. And surprise, a lot of them were white people having beards, um, which is also, you know, another thing. But, um, but as I've gotten older and I've learned how to take care of it, um, I've learned to love it more. Uh, just because no one really ever taught me how to take care of it. And the things that I have seen online don't really match this specific texture of hair, which is not the same as like my head hair. So it's just like looking for that, finding that and finding comfort in it. Um, That's also why whenever anyone is like, it's too long, you should cut your beard. No, (laughs) no, I I don't want to. I just don't want to, so. Yeah. You know, I I have been wanting to grow a beard forever. So, Abe, if you have any secrets, tips, tricks on how to fill in those patches and make it fuller or thicker, because my facial hair texture is also different from the hair on my head. Mm -hmm. And I have been I I have wanted to become a bear for I don't know how long and it's never going to happen. I don't think. (laughs) Well, I don't have any I don't have enough chest hair. I don't have enough body hair. Like I got plenty of hair on my arms and legs and my head, but like everywhere else, it was, you know, and I used to get complimented all the time. Oh, you're so smooth. I love how smooth you are. Like, no, I want to be a bear. God damn it. I've been yeah. trying so fucking hard yeah. and getting nowhere with it. Well, you know, to, to <clears throat> that a little bit, there is a real importance in the wider bear community to be more open and accepting of people who don't have body hair because we so often celebrate people, the, this idea of masculinity based on the depth of your voice and the amount of body yeah. hair got the beard and it's the hair and the tats and the piercings and the flannel shirt and it's 
you, the more mass you can make yourself, the more appropriate you look. But there are men in our community. First of all, there are men who are trans men. Yes. Men who don't have any of the typical markers that people might be looking for. There are men who, regardless of cisgendered, transgendered, don't grow a lot of body hair, can't grow a beard. Maybe it's patchy. Maybe it's this or that. You know, like there's such a diversity there needs to be so much more diversity that we acknowledge as perfectly acceptable, genuine bears that don't need edits. They are perfectly valid just as they are. And I think a lot of what this conversation today centers on, <clears throat> if we really take the time to uplift more people of color, more people of diversity, we're going to create mm. more of a beautiful patchwork of people who fit into what we can define as bears and gainers. There's more validity than maybe what we yeah. think for and that's that for no if for no other reason than i would like, love to not no, i would love to no longer be classified as a dolphin because i think that's stupid dolphin I've yeah never you've never heard, heard that, before, that no. all the classifications you know bear twink uh never heard even giraffe for tall gay men a yeah giraffe. dolphin is apparently like when they're totally smooth I mean, i'm like i don't want to be a goddamn dolphin i want to be a bear <laughs> that's that's giraffe Oh, yeah. a, giraffe? a giraffe is a really tall gay guy in fact there was a great joke about it on a tv show <clears throat> it was this young gay guy was the protagonist of the tv show and he was coming out for the first time and he has this imaginary panel of gay men in his head that like are um like uh advising him on how to live his new gay lifestyle and the guy who's speaking is like you know i'm a bear we wear a lot of flannel we got beards we're usually barrel chested it goes down the line until they get to this very just innocuous looking tall gay man and he goes i'm a giraffe because i'm tall <laughs> i don't know why they can't just call me tall yeah it's true <laughs> I, I love that. Oh my gosh. Um, <clears throat> well, we do have some listener questions, uh, ladies. Um, the first one is, what can the privileged among us do to help both minimize the fear and maximize the bellies of gainers of color? I think, I mean, for me, I've just felt very excluded, like for most of it. Like I would, I, I would, I mean, I know this happens to everyone, um, but I, I would like to make plans with, you know, people on Gromer or whatever, and then they would just, they would never happen. And then I would see them hanging out with other, you know, people for whatever reason, probably race did play into it to a degree um, because I think um, I can be quite forward as well. So I think um, it can come across as intimidating sometimes to people. So I don't know, I think maybe just accept, <laughs> like just be, accepting like in, invite us places like you know we're not uh, we might be from a like a, a slightly different culture but we're not we're still human you know what i mean like we're not other a big thing that i've noticed is the, definitely that inclusion point mm -hmm. um if like for example this is a great example if you're having a panel or a podcast <laughs> invite us in let us speak just you know have us present um if you're having an, a, an event or something make sure that we're also present not just as like people going to the event but people organizing mm -hmm. people yeah. founding the event that's important um and also to just look within yourself like catch your own moments of like 
racism because that happens to everyone. Just, just catch your own moments. And if someone calls you out on that, accept it as something that you're working on because everyone is working on it. So if you're able to, to do that and other people recognize that you can say, yeah, there's things that I'm working on and I'm working on this and this and that, that's that makes a world of a difference. A world of a difference. I also think that it wouldn't kill some of these grammar liberties to get back a little bit to the community rather than just, you know, accepting this constant adulation in people's money and like, okay, you want to promote yourself. I get that. But while you're at it, you could also promote some other people. You could be like, you know, I don't know. You could just say something nice about them. You know, you don't even have to like include videos of them or try to seek them out. So they're a part of your content. You can just say something nice about them. Mm-hmm. You know, go on your Instagram and say, I follow this guy or this person, this person of color or whatever, and be like, they're awesome. Their their pictures, they're gorgeous. Their pictures are wonderful. Like, it's that simple. Absolutely. Yeah. We just had AAPI month, you know, on several occasions. I made a point to shout out everyone that I knew was explicitly AAPI. If there were people that I followed that weren't following me back, I asked them, are you comfortable with me giving you a shout out? And then I was speaking with friends like Slabs of Ads and we were discussing like, oh, I follow this person. Oh, well, I follow this person. And, you know, you make new contacts that way. I've got new friends by doing this. What did I lose out on by making an effort just to talk about how great someone is. Nothing. I gained new friends. Right. You know, I, th- I think there is intention. You know, what, what, is, what is your intention? Do you want to be seen to do the right thing or do you just want to do the right thing? And I think you, you know in yourself what your motivations are. And I think people can also see with the outworking of it what your intentions are. So... I think it's just worth it to really do some probing and work that out for yourself. Mm-hmm. I actually want to ask one last question for the pair of you um, because of the topic of the conversation. Is there something that we haven't spoken about today that either one of you feels like we need to talk about this or we just want to bring this up? Real quick, does not be a whole conversation. Um, going back to the thing about like the pictures and all the groups of like mostly white people in a whole. Um, so I live in New Jersey. I travel a lot to New York. It's not really traveling for me. It's like, like I said earlier, like an hour drive. I, I'm usually there. Um, so a lot of the connections, the people that I know that I follow are in New York City. Um, so there is this thing that we have to all keep in mind that racism is internal as well as external. So if you and your friends are based in a place like New York City and there are several pictures of you and your friends, like 20 people in a picture, and none of them are people of color in New York City, Mm -hmm. that that seems very intentional. Even if it's not, it seems very intentional. Mm -hmm. And be aware of that, like your internal biases are going to reflect in your interpersonal relationships mm-hmm. and work on and go against those biases to make, make new friends, meet other people that are not like you. Cause that will just be generally beneficial for everyone involved. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's very similar situation here in London, you know, the amount of pictures I see of people in their little harems out and about on the town. And I'm like, in a place like London, like really like not yeah. one, 
brown person. Like you can couldn't have yeah. gone clapham couldn't yeah. couldn't have gone southeast um yeah. but you know i think that's really important and thank you abe for bringing that up mm. i feel like the biggest takeaway for me from the whole blm that's happened in the past year is anti-racism it is making your point to focus on racism wherever you see it including within yourself because as you said mike you know it's not just white people it is, there is elements for people of color to address their own internalized racism and it's systemic which relies on all of us to really make the effort to speak on it and act on it to change it and i think that's that so awesome. i want to say thank you to the pair of you thank you so much for for being with us You're today welcome. sharing your experiences and feeling comfortable and safe to to speak and share those experiences with us thank you so so much you're welcome. Can we like see see these are the people that I want to get to know. Like, where's the I want like this like communities of these kind of people. Like, where are they? Where are these communities? Do you know what I mean? Scattered all over the world. But hmm. <laughs> we're scattered all over the world. Um, yeah. So, just to ask the pair of you, uh, where can we find you online, Mike? Um, so I'm on Instagram um, as uh, Big Boy Bravery, um, and that's pretty much it. it. It's sort of just a little Instagram I put together to encourage bigger guys, really, and myself. So yeah, come say hi. Do it, hey. Yeah. So I am on Instagram as Sneaky Seabear. I'm like that on almost every single social media except for Twitter, um, where I'm Seabear Abe for, for, for the moment. I'm still looking for Sneaky Seabear. Um, on other circles, I'm also known as Bear Growler. Bear like the animal, growler like the app, one word. Um, on Instagram and on Twitter, that is for more explicit content, which I don't mind saying on here. And, um, and yeah, that is where I am. Fantastic. Well, look, thank you both so much for joining us today. Oh, gosh. That's a wrap for now here on Thick Radio. Please remember to like and subscribe, rate, and give us five stars. Leave a good review. As always, you can find me on Grommet and Instagram at Stanham and Twitter and YouTube at Stanham G. And you can find me on Grommer as Orpheus. You can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and now TikTok as Thicky Mouse. And of course, you can find more of what we've talked about today on Instagram and Patreon at Thick Radio. And now we're on Twitter and TikTok too. Also, oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also at Thick Radio. But until next time. Bye, bye Fats. Let's talk about it. Radio is a Patreon and Anchor app podcast produced by Stan and Dickie Mouse. Next and Master by Stan. Our artwork is provided by Lucky Two. Our theme song is provided by Spotify Cream.